Welcome to the Manga Recap, February 26th, 2020. I'm Nick here with Chris. Uh, I'm hungry, so I'm occasionally going to just force Chris to talk so I can just chow down. But other than that, things are going well. Yeah. So, uh, so anyways, guys, just uh, randomly the other day, was walking down the street, <laughs> saw a mailbox, just started punching it. I just, you know, I needed a story in case Nick had to eat oh, something, so I committed some you federal got, crimes. You've got so many punching mailbox stories. They're, all, they're so old to have at this point. I, don't, I can't even tell the difference. Not the punching a mailbox story again. <laughs> oh, dear me. Nick, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. I just slept in really late today, so I, I literally have been awake for about 15 minutes by this point. Mm. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good right now. All so. right. That's good. We got a lot of cool manga to talk about. We do. Uh, not all of the manga that we usually talk about. There's a couple no. of series that are off, but uh, quite a few of the manga that were uh, out this week had really good chapters. So I guess we'll just and get into that. one too hot for TV. We'll get to that later. Okay, um, so let's start with Actage because we don't have my my hero Academia this week. Oh no! <laughs> it's like moment where you're like, I guess we're gonna start off on this one. Okay, I thought this was a good chapter. Scene one hundred two goal. So uh, we begin with the cast from the A group uh, for the play watching TV like you do. But they're backstage, I guess. So obviously all of them need to like take like 60 degree angles towards the TV in order to watch it properly. I don't know what they're all doing sitting comfortably watching it head on like this. this is... It's uh, my knowledge of WWE tells me that the only way you view televisions is from a what 87 degree angle as you stand yeah. next to it. So you could be in the shot with it. Yeah. Kevin Dunn's not happy with the framing of this shot right here. You've got to let him be lazy and uncreative and make this shot looks very unnatural. He's, every shot's got to look like a poster where you're having a showdown against the television. Uh, so the news says that uh, as a result of the way that the play ended, where Ricky, uh, you know, said something that made uh, Yonagi appear to break down. Uh, that uh, he seems to have uh, kind of gone rogue, uh, even though everyone was just doing a lot of ad-libbing because their director is shit. <laughs> and so they kind of had to take over and just kind of make everything roll around Kay's uncontrollable performance. Uh, and But they think that only uh, Ogami was responsible for what happened, so he, there's, there are rumors that he's lost some projects. And he just says, I mean, there are a few prospects that I had that there was not, nothing really solid so don't worry about it uh, especially because you know we all agreed to do this uh and he says the only people we owe an apology to are the audience but Kay thinks about shioko and thinks well no not just the audience she was in the audience i mean <laughs> she was an observer still okay. that way um there's a conversation between uh i think it's tezuka the it uh, doesn't the matter well, he keeps on showing up, Chris. I don't care. Don't give him a name. It validates him. And Asahi. Uh, and she talks about how, you know, uh, Ogami has already had to struggle a lot because he's an Asian trying to find roles in Hollywood. Uh, hey, you know, prime time for uh, 
talking about Parasite and everything and all the stuff that happened with that. So. Yeah. Uh, so there's another conversation between him and Kuroyama uh, as they're kind of observing uh, their actors rehearse. And uh, so there's a, there's a weird thing that's, that happens where Kuroyama's like, hey, you know, here's let me ask you a hypothetical question here, Tezuka. Let's say I wanted to cast a completely unknown actress in a major production. What would I have to do? Tezuka's like, well, that'd be really difficult. And he says, that's why I needed to make her famous first. And if I wanted to use the hottest young actress out there in the supporting role, what would I have to do to accomplish that? What if I wanted to cast a superstar who was driven out of the Japanese acting industry in my movie? They're all necessary pieces of my movie, and I'm prepared to take on anything that gets in my way. But first, Princess Iron Fan has to succeed. So, Kuriyama basically saying, like, all directors in this series are kind of assholes. I have my own machinations going on. This is what they are. Okay, just to clear that up. Although I was kind of speaking hypothetically, even though I'm not. I did I did at one point just flat out say that that's what I'm doing. So. Anyway. It's time for the next play. Huzzah! Uh, I, it's a kind of an awkward jump uh, to go from that into plays going on. There's really little sense of a transition, but here we are. Uh, Hanako is sitting in the audience, whereas the uh, cast is sitting in the same booth that uh, Group B was sitting in before. And uh, everything's cast in darkness. Uh, all the lights are turned off when uh, Chiyoka starts doing the opening lines, talking about how angry she, Princess Momoshiro, is, uh, Princess Iron Fan, rather, is. And, and uh, her voice is kind of coming from different parts of the audience because Chiyoka can just do that move without making a sound. Uh, and everyone's, you know, kind of like looking around. Even when the lights come on and Chiyoka's in the audience, she's using the fan to hide her expression from everyone. So she's you know, projecting this sense of anger uh, and vin vindictiveness against uh, her husband, but no one can actually see her expression. Uh, so everyone's kind of imagination just matches the most horrifying expression on her face uh, as a result of this. And meanwhile, Kay is remembering the first time that she saw Chiyoko, like dancing and jumping her way through the audience while not allowing anyone to see her face. And this mirrors that as she's kind of darting around through the audience and full um would not be able to move like this costuming uh and the audience is captivated by this this you know innocence and beauty that she projects but uh in this sense uh it's supposed to be someone who is terrifying but it's a very different role to play the same character that they had before with k and uh it echoes the uh thing that they did in chiyoka's introduction so really like that and uh Chiyoko, meanwhile, is thinking to herself as she is doing this, do you know what angers me more than anything, Yunagi? It's not the fact that you didn't sustain your performance until the end. It's not the fact that the star I strive to be is once again letting himself be loathed. What angers me most of all is that even for a moment, I was ready to admit defeat and that you weren't thinking of me when you were performing. Oh, she's jealous, Chris. Mm, sassy. And uh, and Kuriyama kind of closes everything out by saying, you know, in, you know, show the world 
that the difference between an angel and a demon is merely the name that we give it. So this was a strong opening to the performance. I really like that, you know, we're at this right around the 100 chapter, uh, 100 chapter mark since Shoko first appeared. And uh, it calls back to uh, her first appearance, but in a different, very different way. So. Mm-hmm. And Chris has nothing to say. I about don't. They like, just like sometimes it's not worth like sticking the pliers into my mouth to pull something out. You know, people really enjoyed this chapter. And I'm very happy for them. <laughs> That's all we need to say sometimes. It's going to be very difficult. Right. Okay. Well, we have Boruto this Let's week, talk this the week. fuck out of Boruto. Although, small complaint. Small complaint? Not a fan of this color page. Those it's colors, really I don't like it. I don't, I don't know oh, what she's trying like, to go oh, for. I mean, no. This is very busy. It's, it's 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 a little too much at you, you know. I would tone it back, mute one or two of those colors, you know. See, that's why she's making that expression. Is she's not appreciating the uh, advice that you're giving her. She's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm just like, hey, like, I don't know. Three gigantically bright colors like that. It's it's too much, honestly. It's, it's a lot at me. And also, you've got a glove on one hand and an arm warmer on the other, which is kind of weird. You know, you know what? That's that style. You know, it's kind of like Kane. Uh, yeah, you gotta like, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta like strap and then pull one back, and then then she's ready for a choke slam. Uh, that's what Sarada needs to do. Uh-huh. She needs to come out. <laughs> yeah, she needs Boy to the arms. up her arms and explode it, then get schoolboy rolled up by uh, Rene Dupree. <laughs> A clip I made infamous Planet Search for for like three weeks and he couldn't find. So maybe I imagined it, but I don't think he was searching hard enough <laughs> through old episodes of SmackDown, which he did not want to fucking watch. That infamous uh, bit in the Royal Rumble from 2001, I think, where Taz, uh, you know, he comes out and is like, and then Kane immediately throws him out. So he's kind of like already outside the ring when his when his entrance music is still going. Just kind of sadly walking away. So it's like that with Kane, you know, he's getting his band. His legs are kicking up in the air. No, help me. No, Renee Dupree, you big tummy. Stop it. Of course, that's 2004, so it would have been the slow chemical cane. So, yeah, they were all pretty bad. All right, uh, a lot of stuff happened in this chapter. Serrano uses her jewelry. Yeah, and for a hot moment, I really thought they just fucking nuked uh, Mitsuki. <laughs> where, where like he just gets stomped in the neck eventually. I was like, oh shit, did they just fucking kill him? They've gotten the Chidori. They've used the Chidori. There's a cool way that is done where she didn't just completely destroy the core that they took out of Boro. She actually like carries it out as if she's like swiped a basketball out of the air uh, and it breaks in her hand uh, after it's left his body. And Boro freaks out about this, of course, as his body starts to like swell in weird places and he starts to spasm uh, and he like starts to actually inflate. This is someone's fetish. so, uh, Kawaki is like, all right, well, he's no longer able to fight. So let's go rescue the Hokage. And Bart is like, shouldn't we finish him? Are you sure? I mean, he's just over there causing a gigantic rampage. Like, oh, man, it'll, it'll be fine. I'm sure. 
he's like, well, look, it doesn't look like it'll be easy. And I'm pretty and we're pretty tired uh, and he can still hurt you. So just, you know, let's just go over here. So they're like, all right. So they try to work on getting um, Naruto out of the little prison. Uh, Kawaki's like, hey, Boruto, let me hold your hand. He doesn't really ever take it at any point. They both just kind of just go and yeah. hold their hands. Yeah. And they you they combine their abilities to get, use a spatial jutsu the way that they managed to get to this place, and they suck Naruto out of it, and he falls on the ground unconscious. They're trying to wake him up. Kawaki is like, "Well, my right hand's functioning, so he's so he's fine still." And then uh, Mitsuki just gets tentacle flopped. <laughs> I really, I legitimately thought for a second, like, "Oh shit, did they just kill him there?" Because that would have been the darkest, funniest shit if they had. Hey, we got, we got a new third member of the squad. Yeah, there you go. They're like, "Oh god, we gotta get rid of Mitsuki in some way." How do we? Well, he's had so much more character development than him now. How do we tactfully get rid of him? Like, how about Boro just <laughs> slaps him once in the back of the head during his big, gigantic, stupid Yami rampage? If he, what if he's just you know has to be like well now that the, the Naruto is saved guys I want to tell you all something very important about me it has to do with my past and uh, where, what I've been up to while uh, you guys have been bonding you see I have discovered <laughs> he's like you know I guess I haven't told you this before but you guys are really my best friends <laughs> just like crushed beneath rocks I need to tell you guys about the uh, wife and kids I have waiting for me back home. <laughs> See, although I'm very young, I'm only, you know, 12, uh, I've decided to leave this ninja life behind me. I'm going to retire, and I'm a, I actually, a I, actually, I actually put in my retirement, so today is actually my last active day as a ninja. <laughs> <laughs> uh... So they've got to fight a much larger monstrous enemy now. Uh, he bats Kawaki aside. He grabs her and just starts to crush her in his giant hand, which is really gross. Uh, it looks like they're all going down for the count right away as everyone's getting knocked aside and pummeled. Um, he, Poro seems to uh, be beating the crap out of Boruto, just like laying huge fists into him while he's got him helpless on the ground. But then it turns out Boruto's gone. Oh, and he's floating like a Super Saiyan behind him. He's got, he's got the, you know, uh, the Otsutsuki half transformation thing going on, but he's surrounded by this aura. And uh, he seems to have a completely different personality now. Uh, he starts talking down to Boro. Uh who is like, oh shit, he's like acting like an Otsusuki now. And uh, Bardo starts destroying him. Every single blow that he strikes is blowing a limb off. Uh, he knocks Boro up into the air, uh, realizes that he's got very little chakra left, so he's like, all right. Goes down to Naruto, grabs some chakra from him, uh, goes over to Boro again, whomps him in the stomach, Knocks him around, does the does the follow up combos. He manages to you know do the do the uh, quick time events so that he gets the follow up attack, uh, mm -hmm. knocking him into the air and then into the ground. And uh, he's like, "All right, now the jutsu. Uh, what 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 did he call his jutsu? Oh, that's right, Rasengan. And he summons Rasengan that is literally bigger than Boro's huge ass body, and um, he is." fucking dead <laughs> he is disintegrated as a result of this just like yami uh once you go into your full multiple legged uh super form 
you're actually extremely disposable at that point. So, so that's that. Uh, he's gone. Everyone's like, "What the fuck just happened?" Uh, Boruto starts to waver, and he's and he starts to talk to to himself and say, "Not yet, my dear blue-eyed boy. It's still a ways away that you'll lose it all." And the transformation fades, and he falls unconscious and falls through the air. And oh no, Boruto might fall thirty feet. It's okay. Mitsuki grabs him. It's a good thing Mitsuki was here. Very valuable <laughs> member of the team. I wish someone said that. They're like, thank God you were here, Mitsuki. Or for you, we would have all been how, finished. How fucking hilarious would it have been? So, like, uh, this is Jigen. Uh, Jigen, I think we can presume. Jigen. Jigen. Uh, taking over Boruto. And he's, like, floating up there. He's like, not yet, my dear blue-eyed boy. You will still give me everything. Oh, wait, how high am I? Oh, shit, shit! <laughs> and, like, fades away. Boruto just falls, breaks his neck, and he's just like, I should have landed before taunting him. Ugh. <laughs> so, Boruto doesn't remember anything that has just happened. So, like, oh... Karma might be even more dangerous than we thought. You ever thought it was plenty dangerous? I was going to okay. say, like, did you, was there a part where you're just like, yeah, it's kind of sweet. Feels like they really just gave us, like, a really big advantage. This is cool. Everyone should get one. Or they're, they're like, well, you know, Shikamaru was kind of freaking out about it, but I guess it's fine. <laughs> uh, anyway, fight's over now. Uh, beardy dude, whose name I've forgotten because he hasn't shown up in a while. I know he's important. Yeah. But. Uh, he's like, uh, he shows up and Amato's like, uh, Jigen's recharging in the back and he hasn't rega- even regained 10%. So he's like, all right, well, what about Boro and Code? Well, they're both out. Boro's carrying the Hokage and Code is with the Ten Tails. Good. And Amato's like, you're going to do it? Yeah, I'm taking him down. So it seems like a coup is about to occur. Dun, 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 dun. I can see this only ending well for him. Well, we got so much set up for this guy that it'd feel weird if he got killed here. So I'd be surprised if he doesn't survive in some capacity. I I, I guess in my mind, I'm still kind of interested where this goes. Just because if this was just a way to eliminate another member of whatever the name of this villain group is that I've forgotten about... Mm-hmm. Uh, it would feel weird because then we'd only have like two of them left and he's far and away the most notable member well, that's not Jigen. Well, we'd have Jigen, Amato, Delta, and this in Is code. Delta still technically alive? Yeah, she just got put in a new yeah. body. Oh, okay. So. I, I forgot if she was actually... Kara, that's right. I forgot if she was still alive or not. So I guess they'd still be here, but it, it would feel weird though if it was just like another huge major member gonna got killed off here. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of curious to see what happens here there's actually something that this reminds me of and it's a weird one but uh so the first filler arc of bleach in the anime mm-hmm. there was a you know mysterious villain organization and the guy that you were following the most of was someone who was trying to throw a coup over the guy who was actually in charge so you were following this one guy whose name I don't even remember because he ended up not being very important because he got killed off so early on as a result of trying to overthrow the leader of the group so he could take it over uh, and getting his ass fucking killed as part of a like, this is how strong the actual villain is kind of moment. So I don't know if it's going to be the same way that that one filler arc of Bleach ended, but we'll see. 
Also, the main villain was a you had wind powers and his name was Gene. So, uh, yeah, another one. It's a very common thing. Spy family. Spy Mission family. Tw Mission twenty two. Uh, Lloyd does not shoot the attack dog. He shoots the bomb vest off of it uh, and grabs it and throws it away and then just kind of plops the dog in a dumpster. Goddamn and straight. So, the good old dog's still alive. He's fine. Uh, the bomb goes off in the river instead. Uh, so our villain tries to escape and Lloyd's like, you're not going to get away. We, we know what car you're driving. <laughs> Uh, your little revolution is over now, but he has to say this while striking a pose while holding his arm, which is uh, sore from where the dog bit him. So it's like, ow, got you, ow. <laughs> and I've really, ow, really told you, ow, got you, ow, please, ow. Oh, damn, that dog, such a good boy, but oh, it hurts so much. <laughs> uh, Yor comes across the guy escaping and kicks his car into a lamppost. And so, then she calls the. I know, I know you're supposed to be like a super assassin. Is she been established to be actually metahuman level? Like, there was a level where I was like, all right, the power to kick cars, like speeding cars off the road, is a new one, I suppose. Let me tell you something, Chris. I've been uh, catching up a little bit on ga on gaming, uh, but by playing uh, Hitman, the one that came out a couple years ago. Okay. And uh, my favorite part, my favorite way to kill someone in that game is to just kick them so hard that they go flying. <laughs> Much easier when you realize that you've got superpowers. You know, you don't have to you go around just sneaking around. And they ragdoll about... across the map. You don't have to worry about anyone, you know, discovering you, killing someone and gunning you down. Like, no, you've got superpowers. You just kick them and they're really hard and they're done. That's what being a hitman is. Yeah. Well, also, before anyone starts thinking, I'm, I'm trying to say it's like a plot hole. I'm not like, I understand it. I was just something I was like. Shit, like, I didn't realize she could kick moving cars. It's fucking crazy. It's been a bit of an escalation each time that she's used her uh, abilities, I guess. Yeah. And then, of course, she goes over to the to the uh, payphone is like, hello, police. I found that one terrorist. It's me, the same one who called before. Anyway, I got to go by. Yeah. <laughs> Okie dokie, then bring him to prison now. All right, now. Uh, so everything's wrapping up now. Um, they're, the spies and the agency are trying to figure out what to do with, you know, the dogs. And they're like, okay, well, you know, we, we should keep them in the shop while we wait for their orders. And there will probably be some questions about them we'll need to answer. Lloyd has to go back to his family and everyone kind of reunites together. Uh, Lloyd coming one way, you are coming another. And Anya riding on the dog for a third. And, uh... Lloyd's like, what were you guys doing? And you was like, uh, I was trying to find Anya. And Anya's like, well, you were pooing for so long. I was worried about you. And then Lloyd's like, what's who's this dog? And uh, they're like, all oh, right. Uh, Love, do not speak to me as though I'm not in the area. You can address me individually. I am a person. I am a person. I have my own minds, my own thoughts, my own dreams. And of course, Lloyd doesn't understand this, so he's just like, bof, 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 bof. <laughs> I dream of a day where wet food can be mixed with dry food so I can have the best of both worlds. You may give me a belly drop now. <laughs> I will now jump onto your lap. I'm aware of my weight. I, do not I am a lap dog. I, I do not care about how uncomfortable it is for you. I shall not slap you now. 
Lloyd realizes seeing this dog that this means that they got caught up in the terrorist thing. So he apologizes for not being there while this is going on. And then he scolds Anya a bit for wandering off by herself. Uh, but then he's like, they didn't hurt you. Are you, are, are you OK? And Anya's like, yeah, the doggy protected me. And so he actually gives he gives he gives Henry Kanger little pets. He's like, oh, yes, the only justification I need in life, such as the sustenance that keeps me going. Although I do demand dinner tonight. <laughs> and if perhaps a sprinkling of humid food falls into my doggy dish, then so be it. <laughs> Lloyd says, thank you for protecting my daughter. Your daughter? I thought she was your wife. Uh, <laughs> I do not understand how you humans procreate or create interpersonal relationships, nor do I particularly care. Lloyd's handler shows up. I uh, wanted to ask them a few questions. It's kind of awkward because they've got to act like they don't know who Lloyd is in front of his family. Uh, and uh, so they're going to take uh, the dog away uh, because they need to, you know, take it, process it that way since, you know, he's one of the dogs that they performed experiments on. But Anya remembers, oh, but there was the image that with him seeing us all together and that hasn't happened yet. Uh, and so they're like, okay, come on, Anya, let's go get you a dog. And Anya's like, no! I want this doggy. It's actually a really sweet little yeah. picture because the dog's so much bigger than her and she's kind of trying to grab it around its neck to give it to hold it protectively. Uh, and they're like, well, no, it's he's got to be taken away. No, I want to keep him forever. He saved my life. Let me keep this dog or I will never go to school again. You've heard the child. You should acquiesce to her wills and bring the dog home. Perhaps uh, leave plots on the floor for me to piddle on when you are not about, things of that nature. Of course, Lloyd and uh, the handler, despite the fact that this is, you know, Anya throwing a little tantrum to try and get her way, and they should recognize it as such. Like, oh no, the mission! <laughs> she doesn't go to school. <laughs> so um, the handler says that this this will be fine. Uh, and she says, I doubt anyone would care if one of the dogs is never officially recovered. The terrorists have all been apprehended and the dogs themselves did nothing wrong. And she whispers over to Lloyd, don't let this endanger the operation. Uh, and she says, look, there's other dogs to keep the researchers busy. I'm just going to be placing this one under your supervision. So keep it under your control. And Lloyd's like, but this is, I've already got so much on my plate. Uh. Um, uh Anya is worried that the other dogs are going to be mistreated and the handler assures them that they're going to be given soft beds and warm food to eat and that they've had very hard lives. And that's why I want you to be extra nice to this one and take very good care of him. It's very sweet. Uh -huh. Why isn't this girl in charge of this mission if she knows how to actually treat children? <laughs> um, so... She says, uh, so she says like to Lloyd, you know, she's a sweetheart. And Lloyd's like, you have no idea. And she says, oh, I have a very good idea. I used to have a daughter that age myself. Peace won the day. That's all that really matters. And so uh, they do need to take Henry Kanger overnight to just give him a quick little checkup. And then they're going to deliver him back to the house in the morning. Uh, so everyone goes home. There is a cute moment where all three of them are having different reactions to the events of the day when, you know, they think the other two are ignorant of what's happened. So yours like no one will ever know that it was me who got the bad guys. And he's like, I did it. I stopped the bomb and I saved the whole world. And Lloyd's like, 
<laughs> so fucking tired. I've had a day. <laughs> uh, time passes. Anya is anxiously awaiting for the dog to arrive. The door buzzer rings. There is a nice little detail of the dog kind of reacting to his new surroundings. And then we get that shot that uh, we've seen already because of the dog's ability to see the future. All three of them greeting the dog and welcoming him into their home. And uh, they start to think of a name, but that gets dropped before the end of the chapter because other stuff happens. So he's he's canonically Henry, Henry Kaniger, guys. I don't know how to tell you this. Like, he's, we were right. So He's like, I wish to be Prometheus. <laughs> I have crafted your world fire in the form of dog. <laughs> you, you humans owe me everything your technology your continued existence and then they're just like bof 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 they're like what about Henry K9 jury he's like that will suffice that's really acceptable <laughs> so long as I get my belly drops <laughs> again I believe we've been clear about the dry to wet food ratio that is fine you may call me whatever you wish then I have made my demands very clear. The negotiations have reached an impasse. <laughs> <laughs> but we get some rather uh, upsetting visuals. Oh, it's awful. I hate it. This is the worst part of the goddamn chapter this week. This is the worst part of anything this week. Why did I have to watch this? This poor dog being tortured. Henry remembers uh, all the experiments that uh, were conducted on him and how poorly he was treated uh, by everyone. And he was, you know, getting shots and he was just, you know, having food plopped down in front of him and being insulted despite being a dog. It's like, well, God, these guys don't care about anyone. He's like, uh, I do not can... quite understand the expectations that you hold upon me. I am a dog. I bark. I poop. Me... I smell butts. I've done everything <laughs> that dogs are meant to do. Excuse me, you have given me the wet food, but where is the dry food? <laughs> Turns his nose up at it. Uh, and basically, they're just like, yeah, if this, if this fucking animal dies, then there's more where it came from. And he remembers all this. Uh, and it kind of goes into a little funk as he does so. And they're like, hey, are you all right? Do you, or do you want a treat? Hey, this is your home. You're part of the Forger family now. And the shot of this dog's face when they say that is little bright black eyes and his soft expression i would not mind having a dog like this okay he's like oh i am i am hob yeah and he says Woof. so that's it yeah it was a very sweet chapter we like i liked it a lot it's very good it's very very fun uh this this whole little arc has come to a very satisfying end. and i like how all the pieces came together I like there's also um, a little bit more of sort of a, I don't want to call it a tease because usually a tease suggests something fun, but a little more uh, evidence to the idea that the Handler's family really was all lost before, which he says, I used to have a daughter that age myself. So, you know, there's very likely more to that than than perhaps we know so far and gives a bit more justification for why it's she's very focused. particular wording mm -hmm. that she says that you wouldn't say like i remember you my would say kid was that like, age at one point i remember when my daughter was that age as opposed to i used to have a daughter that age like oh <laughs> it's bad so i do like that she's getting a bit more involved in the series uh, currently because she's an interesting mysterious character yeah all, all right, right nick let's talk about in zero Chapter 83, The Shot Heard Round the Underworld. Oh, 
Okay, so Crunchyroll still doesn't know how to do two-page opening spreads. No, so let's get it's that very difficult. Away. Yeah, it's it's very hard. Uh, so we open with Zhao Mei. I think that's her name. I don't know. She does her whole shtick. The despair, terror, so great you wish you could wake it from the nightmare. What do look people at my think? feet? Yeah. So you know, I had heard people say that was the thing with Quentin Tarantino. I didn't really like pay too much attention to it until I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I was like, Jesus Christ, you are really into feet. I've never seen feet focused upon so much in so many irrelevant scenes. There is a scene where he's an actor in, I think, a Robert Rodriguez film because they do a lot of collaboration stuff, um, where like he drinks wine or something pouring down a girl's foot. So, yeah. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. He's he's definitely got it. Anyway, Jamé does her whole opening bit of like, oh, what what's happening here? What will they do with such hopeless circumstances? What will Shiki do? And uh, yeah, so apparently they just cut off Weiss's arm. Uh, we just tactfully didn't have to see it physically happen. Uh, Dracon Joe starts laughing about it. Uh, Weiss just passes out from all of the pain. Uh, Jin's like, I'm out of here. I have no fond memories of mutilation. And- <laughs> I've got no fond memories of mutilation. Who does? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, man. I remember back in the summer of 93 most wonderful mutilation you ever did lay your eyes on it was good time had by all hey and there you go nick you have a full firm contender now for the next uh the bleach award afraid not actually chris (gasps) i mean i i'm I'm, i'll I'll note it down but i think this is a long shot it's shocking certainly okay but there are so many discretion shots in this it's actually shocking how little (laughs) how tastefully done it is (laughs) Like he's hidden behind word bubbles and shadow shots. And I'm like, man, you take any excuse whatsoever to look up uh, at uh, Rebecca's ass. And when someone gets their arm chopped, you feel like, oh, no, 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 that'll improve, increase the rating. You know how many arms I saw getting cut off in visceral detail and bleach? That was a shonen too. <laughs> what the hell is going on with this? Uh, yeah, so, uh, Cheeky kind of doesn't have anything to say anymore. He's kind of speechless. Uh, Jack and Joe's like, ah, did I finally manage to scare you? Good. That's how young people should be. Uh, Rebecca's just straight up crying at this point. Water dude's like tears. And Daikon's like, no, you can't turn her into water right now. He's like, oh, I know. It's just real tears. Uh, Dracon Joe's like, hey, yeah, so things are pretty bad, but I got some news that's going to make it worse. And we cut over to the ship, and Jelly Girl has turned the tables on Sister and has now, like, set her up in the torture dungeon. And then we see Sister and her- er, Hermit and Witch have been knocked out. And uh, I- they're all just alive. So before it was like here's the three members of our group and it's like nope they've all been defeated uh two of them just blew themselves up well it turns out frankenstein frankenstein guy is still alive because he didn't actually blew himself up he turned himself invisible when the other guy blew up and just hit himself and even the other guy isn't dead because even though he blew himself up he was actually just a computer virus and he uploaded himself into the the eden zero's computer systems now he's taking it over um so yeah They've uh they've completely captured everyone aboard the Eden Zero. 
The whole point of this chapter is to really try and throw you into despair, you know, make it seem like everyone, everything is going wrong. There's no hope of getting away because the only one who is not down for the count is, you know, the, the admiral who flew the ship here. Uh, he, and he's been taken prisoner seemingly. Yeah. Uh, so the, no help is coming basically is the point. Uh, no one is coming to rescue them. Uh, it seems there are still people out there that could do something. There are ways we can get out of this. And it's, it's, it's a hero series. I'm sure everything's going to work out fine, even despite the way that the chapter ends. But if this was going to be as effective as it could be, I feel like we flew down off the, off the edge too quickly because we were doing very standard. The heroes at their low point stuff until two chapters ago. And then in these two chapters, everything kind of falls apart. And it really feels like, if you really want to build that sense of despair, you got to do it a bit more gradually. And there was time to do that. It just, you know, didn't need to have the pointless fights with the elemental four yeah. before then. So, yeah, it would have been a lot more shocking if the first thing they do is they get Aaron, this immediately Drac and Joe's just like, Oh no, I'm just better than you. And wins every way rather than having like, Hey, let's do our standard Shonen fights where mm-hmm. Weiss gets his arsenal suit and he beats up the water guy and it's a last minute victory. Huzzah. And things like that. Um, Everyone's basically just begging for him to stop. It's it's kind of unpleasant. Shiki's just crying. Uh, Drac and Joe makes fun of him for crying in front of women. Shiki's like, it wasn't supposed to end like this. We were just supposed to be friends and we sailed through the cosmos together. And Rebecca and Hamora are like, no, it's like it was fun. Like, you know, we, we got to be friends. Uh, and Shiki's like, well it's not supposed to end like this, but I'm not giving up someday. I swear I'll beat you. Then I'll be your friend because you don't have any right now. And Dracadre is like, Oh, you won't have a someday. Your adventure's over now and shoot Shiki straight in the middle of the forehead. And he's like, I don't kill people as a rule, but I do make exceptions, which I'm like, I guess. I mean, it's weird to like establish the rule, but then more so emphasize the exception. Well, you know, whatever. Uh, then he's like, I'm not gonna t- I'm not gonna tolerate somebody who doesn't respect my authority, basically. And mm-hmm. everyone's like, What the fuck? This isn't happening. Shiki can't be dead. He could have just been shot in the head. I'm begging you, answer me. And we cut over to Jaume again, who says, On the seventh day of the tenth month of the cosmic era, Shiki Grand Bell lost his life. Nevertheless, our story continues. Morning breaks for the seventh day on a world without Shiki. Bum, 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 bum. So the last time I did this for a hero series, the character came back the very next chapter, but fucking <laughs> Shiki's dead and never coming back. Um, yeah. So I, so I think it would be very interesting to actually kill Shiki off here and have things continue without him and have his kind of influence on everyone drive them forward. But with that said, he's clearly going to be alive or be brought back from the dead or something like that. Probably by the end of this arc, almost certainly, I would feel like, because they set it up right there where he's like, I'm going to beat you and I'm going to be your friend because you don't have any of that kind of thing. But um, the most important thing is the fact that everything is so tight is tied to him in a way where it's like, well, he's got to be alive. You know, it's not as 
he's you know he's carrying on this legacy from his grandfather and the ship is tied to him and all that stuff it's not really structured so that you could actually thematically continue things without him so that's the main reason i don't believe it beyond just like it's it's hero of course he's still alive i mean yeah this is a story that's already established time travel exists and can be influenced we already have (laughs) we already have a party member who is an alternate reality version of a character that already exists so it's very possible another shiki could still exist the chrono dragon or whatever could show show up and just eat away the last like 20 minutes of the fucking arc or some shit like that or shiki could be part robot and just gets repaired like there's there's a thousand different ways to bring shiki back um i will say that it is definitely interesting people are bringing this up now and i completely forgot that i guess Xiao Mei did previously say this was going to be a very sadistic arc or something along those lines and i do recall something like that this it does make sense there um there's a part of me that's really dreading the next chapter though like really dreading it because the way we ended off Weiss has been taken away, and it's just Rebecca, who we know Drac and Joe wants to be part of his crew. And then I'm like, they're gonna fucking. I feel like it's almost a guarantee Hamora has been sold to that dance studio or whatever. Right. Like, I feel like something along those lines is gonna happen. Well, she's already wearing the outfit. Yeah, or something like <laughs> that. I was like, I feel like we're just gonna get to like a really deeply unpleasant next chapter where it's like. Well, everything was really sad. Here's the characters like in their sad situations, and I can kind of fetishize a little bit of it. So, I don't know. Like, I I applaud that it, 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 this there is definitely shameless, a surprise. There is all occasions, <laughs> but no arms being cut off. We can't show that. Um, I do again. I appreciate that this was a surprising chapter. Like, I definitely didn't see this coming, but it's actually did get his arm arm cut off, yeah. and she can't. They did get shot in the head. So yeah, I, I guess we'll see what happens. But I said I'm really like, oh, next chapter feels like it has the big potential to be very gross. All right, mission Yozakura family what about Mashal. Oh, you're right. That does Ma does become before Mi. Hang on a second. Where did it go? Where'd the chapter go? There it is. All right. Huzzah. Last time on Mashal, Mash ticked off the one guy he really shouldn't cross. <laughs> this time on Mashal. Uh, chapter five, Mash Van Dead and the Baleful Bully. That's an interesting title. Uh, Mash thinks a bit about, uh, you know, the fact that, you know, why he's here and why he needs to actually become the top student at the academy. So, uh, he's like getting ready for class after, uh, some time after he's made the cream puffs. Sees his textbook is falling apart. And of course, you know, some of the bullies are like, me, 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 he, he, he. And uh, so, oh gosh, what's his name? Um, the new bully is it Finn? Was that was that his name, or am I thinking of whatever? The bully. F- I think from you my- are. I know. I thought the the kid he was with was Finn, like the his I roommate. Remember. Oh, they go over it, but so the bully uh, shows up and and he's like, "Hey, I waited for you yesterday, but you never showed up. Why not?" Mash is like, "Oh, sorry, I baked cream puffs." <laughs> So he's like, anyway, <laughs> and he says, "Hey, you know, oh, that's I've got- right. Yeah, his, his name was Cavill. The the villain's name was Cavill, yeah, of course. And yeah, it is, I believe it is Finn for uh, the other guy. So Cavill's like, I've got some pull with the vice principal. So you know, if you if you do what I tell you, I could put in a good word for you. What do you say? And Matt's just like, we'll be. I'll do it." <laughs> 
which I do like having, you know, that whole thing where it's like, if you, you know, demean yourself for me, then I'll do this stuff and matches is like, okay, <laughs> whatever I have to do in order to get through this. And he just starts making these ridiculous demands of him. Uh, you know, he's like, Hey, carry these for us. Okay. Why my shoes for me? Okay. I'm thirsty. Okay. Message me or massage me. Okay. Entertain me. Okay. He just does it without question. He's like, yeah, sure. He's going to help me out so I can go, you know, live in peace with my, with uh, my grandpa. Uh, meanwhile, his textbooks are still being ruined. You know, so typical, you know, schoolboy prank things. So when he sees this textbook's been ruined, he goes over to Finn and is like, Hey, uh, can you share your textbook with me? And Finn's like, uh, I'm sorry, ask, ask, ask someone. Else. And Mash just sits down next to him. Thanks. <laughs> You're a real pal. He does say that. Um, and he also thanks him. Hey, thank, uh, thanks for, you know, the broom yesterday, too. Uh, here, these cream puffs are for you. What a sweet boy. Oh, I got you make cream puffs for him. He I says, wish you know, I did a favor for somebody and they were like, here's cream puffs for you. That's never happened once in my life. And I feel very, like, empty without it now. The guy, if the first favor you do for a guy, they're like, here, I made you baked goods. It's like, aw. You know? Like, you're a true fucking friend. And uh, Mash is like, you know, I'm relieved to have a great guy like you for a friend. And Finn's just like, yeah. So it's obviously what obvious was going to come up here. But we we go through it. And uh, Cavill continues to try and take advantage of uh, Mash. He deliberately spills some drink on the ground and is like, oh, I spilled some. Clean that up, will you? And Mash stares at it for a bit. What's wrong? You'll do it, won't you? And Mash gets down the ground and starts cleaning it up. Uh, and uh, meanwhile, Cavill's thinking like, oh, maybe I'm, I don't like the next teacher. Maybe I'll get them fired just because he's such a douchebag, you know. Uh, Mash cleans, does a good job cleaning up. Uh, and uh, then he seems to notice something. Uh, meanwhile, Cavill and his crew have met up with Finn and they're like, Hey, is he caught on? No. All right. Well, next thing I want you to do is I want you to burn his robes. If you do that, I bet he'll quit on his own. And Finn's just like, I, I can't. He's like, what's that? I didn't hear you. I said, I can't do this anymore. And so, uh, Cavill summons a bunch of threads. He really is Kyoichiro, just in a much better series. Uh, pulls him down to the to the ground in like a, you know a subjugation kneeling pose, and is like, "You have made an error. Bow down and beg for forgiveness." Um, the thing that Mash noticed apparently was that he had accidentally taken his textbook with him after class earlier. So he's got to go find him and return it to him. And he hears a commotion around the corner as you know Finn's being tortured. Uh, and he comes, comes out and asks, hey, what are you doing? And Cavill's like, oh, I'm getting an apology out of him. And Mash goes over to see how Finn is doing. And he says, that doesn't matter right now. Mash, it was me. The one who ruined your textbooks was me. I was too scared to disobey, but you call me your friend, but I did horrible things to you and I just need to apologize to you. And I'm sorry. I'm so very sorry. So Chris, after the last chapter that we're covering this week, I was very emotional. So, when, and I read that first when I was reading the manga for this oh. week. So this actually really got me the first time. <laughs> like you're just it. bawling, reading. <laughs> I wasn't bawling, but I was literally actually cheering up a oh, little yeah. bit. 
just so broken up because just like you call me your friend and I and I did these horrible things to you. I've been awful to you and I'm, and I'm sorry. And he he apologized so sincerely. And it's not a matter of like, oh, he's been just, you know, being tortured. And that's why it was like, no, he was actually going to stop doing this. He got sick of it and he decided to stop doing it on his own. So it shows, you know, real. It shows uh, depth. Like it shows like character on him. You know, like it's just kind of the thing, like the reason why like Mashal's work so much for me is just because these moments where it actually does put like an earnest level of emotion into the characters, it all feels very genuine and real. And that feels so necessary for the comedy to work mm-hmm. as well as it does. So Finn apologizes to Mash and Cav was like, Oh, if only you'd apologize to me like that. Oh, and hey, I'm about to dine with the vice principal. Do you want to do you want to do you want to join us? You can, you know, leave that lackey where he belongs. I've been dying to introduce you. You might never get a chance like this again, especially if you keep company with a sorry disappointment like him. And the next thing that happens is Mesh has grabbed him by his bangs and slams him down to the fucking floor. What a satisfying two page spread, too. It's like, oh, what a sorry disappointment. Huh? Slam! <laughs> By the way, that's the actual sound effect of slabam. Yeah. <laughs> and Mash says, you're the one who should be sorry. And Finn's like, you're going to get expelled. I, this, is, this is the best part of the chapter. So Mash says, expelled. Big deal. Actually, that seriously would be a big deal. <laughs> I love it. It's just, expelled. <laughs> big deal. And then like, silent, silent silence. And then he's like, actually, that that seriously would be a big deal. <laughs> Jeff, it's so fucking funny, though. <laughs> he gets his what? big cool here moment. And he's like, actually, that would really dramatically. This is going to make things more difficult. <laughs> I kind of feel like we should have kind of had a moment where he like tries to walk off while swing his cloak around him. Who cares? Actually, I do care about this. Actually, I should probably <laughs> care back. about this. This seems pretty significant. <laughs> What a good chapter. Yeah, Loved it. So good. Very simple chapter, but very effective. Mm-hmm. Mission Yozakura family. It's mission 25 information with a cool preller page. Isn't that looking nice? So last time, uh, Taya was facing off against his name has changed multiple times. So who cares? They're fighting now because uh, the three triplet spies have been taken down to a different level and they're fighting against the sword guy. They have a different element that they are skilled in. Um, He beats them immediately with his stepping on flowers. Hinagiku battle art. Okay, that's done. They're defeated. It's worth knowing they're the fifth ranked spy family with the Yozakura family being ranked the first. So maybe we're going to see more spy families in the future. And hopefully they don't suck nearly as much as these ones. They get get their asses handed to them immediately after they're like, I use fire. I'm the flames of red. I use arson and terrorism. I'm the water of blue. I can slice through anything from bodies to hard drives. I'm the lightning of yellow. I can manipulate the data and and mine to destroy everything. So we've got Team Valor, uh, Team... (laughs) I don't remember the others. I don't play. Instinct and... Mystic? Yeah, Mystic. Instinct, Mystic, and Valor. I was Instinct. I didn't really care about what the other two were. There was was a right choice. It was Zapdos, and I went with that, and the other (laughs) ones were irrelevant. 
I feel uh, like you can learn a lot about people based off of their favorite uh, legendary bird from the first generation. Like, if someone says in uh trays, you know they're just liars like yeah they're just wrong you're, yeah. you're like oh you lie to yourself and that's that's sad i'm sa- i feel sad for Moltres, you Moltres isn't even the best fire legendary bird that's how much yeah. it sucks so by the way my favorite legendary bird from the first generation is ho-ho so that doesn't count you're a liar he saw it in the first ep- that's true you know what he did see it in the first episode i guess i'm the big stupid asshole now Nick got so passionate, he unplugged his mic. <laughs> He'll be back any second now. Oh no, he's not! <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, uh, oh yeah, he beats all of those people, and then it's just uh, Kurogao and Tayo, and uh, you know, he basically, he's, he's taunted him. He's just like, yeah, you know, there's, yes. there's nothing you can do. It's this is just all right. Am I back? Yep, there you go. Okay, yeah, he says that you know, there's nothing that you can do to change this painful situation. You know, your family is dead, you know, you can't change the situation you're in now, you can't change the painful reality. And, and Tayo's like, Well, I used to think that too, but I don't think that anymore. And he remembers way back at the beginning of the series where he would go to visit his parents' grave, and Musumi would come to visit with him and be there with him. Oh, wouldn't it be nice if this was actually what the series was about? You know, the bonds that he has formed with this family, because that's how this chapter plays out, uh, is that he ends up, uh, you know, trying to fight Kurgao, who's like, oh, you can't beat me uh, because I know all the different ways that, that you can fight. I know all your patterns for using smokescreen explosives and stuff. I just need to be prepared for them. And what the hell? Tayo has used the Hinagiku method of, of movement. So how did he do that? And we get a flashback to where Kyoichiro was like, well, a skilled pro will know all about you, so your attacks will be futile. But you can use that information to make them to become overconfident. Then they'll be lax if they think they know what to expect. So if you just do a facade of it, it's fine. Trust the information has been ingrained into your own body's memories and the situation will change. It's a cool little moment. And then he follows it up by using techniques and tools that he has gotten from all the different members of the Yuzukura family uh, in order to, uh, you know, take down Kurogao. He you know, stops the, the knife and the gunshot that he tries to do to fend him off. Uh, and then he knocks him on his ass and has won the battle. So Kurogao's like, I've lost in the battle of information, so I give up. Good job. And out of respect for your mental toughness, I'll tell you everything. You're back. He gets shot in the throat. <laughs> and to a point where you're just like, what an amazing shot. Don't know how it happened. I don't no, quite it, understand where the shot came from. But, you know, hey. Uh, it, it should have gone through Tayo's head in order to get to his neck. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, So Tayo's like, where did the gunshot come from? And then Kurgao's like, I couldn't use my last breath to tell you the thing you wanted to know. Because I've got a good few sentences left, I, despite, despite being shot, shot in the shot fucking throat. throat. <laughs> <laughs> but I will instead give a dramatic speech about death. <laughs> but it's okay, because I wrote everything on this one piece of paper. Kind I of, was ready for this. <laughs> I guess I expected this to happen the entire time. I don't really know. So, they're like, ah, oh, he was silenced by an assassin, but I don't know who it was that silenced him. Dun, dun, dun. There had been a thing earlier where Aoi was like, uh, had felt a presence like, you know, like in Bleach where you feel someone's spirit pressure. It, it was basically like, 
So, oh, gasp, a new enemy has appeared or something like that. Uh, Tayo gets the note. It uh, shows him a map to a tree where he where Kurogao's daughter is laid to rest. And he says, I want you to leave some of the white lilies that she liked there. And inside the small hollow that you will find what you there, you will find what you are after. And Tayo pulls a small cube of some sort from within the tree that uh, he was guided to. So series is definitely ending soon. Um, it's a shame because this is a chapter. It's like, Hey, here's what is good about the series and it's serious moments. But it, it, this is the thing is that it's, it's, it's always kind of just jumped so weirdly between those two extremes of comedy and action drama that they never really seemed to really gel well together um beyond like the first chapter and it really feels like this series was trying to do too much went out in too many different directions was not focused but this this chapter is a great embodiment of that because it's like hey here's the thing that you know Tayo has learned from all the different members of Musumi's family remember the one chapter each he got to spend with them mm-hmm. like honestly i forget that there's like four members or four or five members of the family at this point like i i forget that there's the little girl character and like there's the I know, there's the disguise one the guy in the trash can i think mm-hmm. there's a hacker and then, and then now then yeah like yeah. I, you forget that there's that many of them because most of them haven't shown up in like six like 10 or so chapters probably yeah. i mean you use a current family the family is barely been a big factor in this series except for the one so. fucking character nobody likes he's in every goddamn yeah. chapter it feels like yeah. so it did it does feel like the things got away from what the series should have been by this point i'm glad that we're that there's going to be you know an attempt to, to give some closures to things before uh, the series ends but well, i do I, I am kind of agreeing with some of the people in the chat where we don't a hundred percent know if this is a series ending kind of move it did get a color page this week and apparently the volumes have been selling really well. So this there may be, I think, more of an attempt to try to keep it going. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they're like, hey, you may not have that long. So instead of getting a rushed, yeah. here's everything in the last fucking four chapters, like the series we're going to get to in a moment. Uh, they were like, hey, uh, accelerate things. Yeah. yeah. Like start moving towards that because you may not have much longer. So this definitely does seem like we're still in the, you know, we've got a few Hail Mary attempts before the, the game is over kind of thing, yeah. as opposed to you're down 42, nothing. You might as well just start kneeling like Zipman is this week. Oh, Cause man. we get a time skip in this chapter. Like, I don't even really want to bother talking much about this. The final villain shows up uh, and reveals himself, says that what's going to happen to the world turned uh, she by this point, China is now working with the agency that Koshiro was working uh, with Kagami. We get a montage with him where he's, you know, in a complete emotionless soldier because he's in, he's distraught over having lost uh, his brother. Uh, he's got more tools at his disposal. Uh, and he's just like, I've got to keep training and getting stronger. And they're like, and China's worried about Kagami because his smiles aren't genuine anymore. And uh, he's like, I've got to get stronger. I've got to protect everyone I care about. And she's like, well, I understand your feelings, but multiple Zipsu signals detected. Location is at Steel X. Oh, the villain has shown up. Hey, Zip Man, I'm going to destroy everything you care about. 
This is chapter 11. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> and it is great, too. Like, again, it's a situation. They unzip a gigantic building, and he has his vigil, and then, like, four lieutenants beneath him. Like, these are the big mega opponents you're going to have to deal with. And it's just like, oh, my God. And it feels worse, too, because we have to go into this. And it's like, this is the exact same fucking story arc we were just in. Just in boss rush. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I I wish you could try to like paint it a different way. Because again, I this chapter again, like the stuff it was saying up, I was like, this all looks super dope when he fights like the giant sumo one, and he just takes like a giant fist and punches his way through it. I was like, that seems really cool. When they're like, there's a bunch of cowboys attacking. I was like, this seems really cool. When he just cuts his head like a giant like kaiju. I was like, this looks really cool. Like all this stuff seems like it'd be really cool and again i like this series is going downhill faster than any series i could think of like towards hey we're gonna get canceled soon so we'll just get everything out of the way and i'm like it doesn't deserve it anywhere near what other series have gotten so i'm like just so sad Hmm. all right let's talk about samurai 8 yeah let's (laughs) do that that seems fun a series where I've got, I got. I had a general idea of what happened in the second half of the chapter after the first time I read it. And then uh, while getting ready for this recording, I was like, I better actually read that part because I didn't actually read it the first time because I figured it was actually done after the first half of the chapter because that's when the important stuff happens in terms of character development. And then after I read it the second time, I was like, I didn't even really need to bother reading it. <laughs> it goes about as well, well as I expected, so. Last time, Anne had a confrontation with Hachimaru where they were, you know, trying to get to the core of why things have been bad between them and let slip that Hachimaru reminds her of her brother. Uh, So she explains the thing that we knew about from her flashback in our chapter title, chapter 39, sneak attack. There's a huge audience for this private conversation because they're just holding it in the middle of a hallway and Dharma's got Sanda and Ryu's uh, in a you know, around the corner, like, shut up, I'm listening in. So, uh, and is like, you remind me of, of him. And Hachimaru's like, where is he now? <laughs> Past tense, Hachimaru. <laughs> and she's like, well, he tried the ritual of seppuku and failed, and he died. He failed at killing himself, and he died, which is really bad. <laughs> uh, she brings up the whole Nanashi thing. Hachima remembers the Nanashi that he met. That's a nice little detail. Uh, and Anne says he wanted his name to stand for the seven desires of a samurai and that he would use them for his name instead of just being nameless. Uh, but he counted the desires wrong and he actually had eight. The eighth one was to protect me, even if it meant his own death. So my samurai's call, my brother's samurai calling was to pursue eight desires in all, or it should have been. Uh, and so Hachimaru's like, so he had the same calling as me to protect you. And so you saw him in me. And and says, that's why I started to the princess train was because he wanted me to be his princess. But it hurt to remember my brother and I wanted to forget about him. So I put up a strong front and pretended I wasn't sad. And then I met you and I didn't realize it, but I came to realize that you're like him in many ways. Surprisingly. So you were just like him. I felt like he'd come back to me even after he died. He was doing his best to uphold his calling. And now, and Hachimaru realizes and he fills in the gaps. Now you're seeing differences between him and me. That's why you've been avoiding me. 
And that explains why you've been so nice to me this whole time is because of that. So he says, hey, I'm I'm not your brother and I'll never be a perfect replacement for him. I've got I, I want to protect you as Hachimaru. And it wasn't me you were trying to be kind to toward. It was the image of your older brother. So Anne apologizes to Hachimaru. Like that does the whole thing's like, resolved. I was like, that doesn't feel like the way this, Wait this a minute. situation should have gone. Guys, if a woman's ever upset at you, you don't need to apologize to her. You need to find out what's making her really upset, and then you'll know everything's okay when she apologizes to you. So don't stop bothering her until she apologizes to you for the way that she's been acting weird. And it's fine. It's you, not you that's doing anything. You accept the apology because you're the cool, you know, masculine one in the relationship. So you don't need to say anything afterwards. You've proven yourself the better one by accepting her apology. So, so scuzzy. It, it, I do not like this. But I, like it really, it's such an odd concept because the, the entire premise of this conflict was definitely on the idea that Hachimaru was the one in the wrong. Like, it would be weird if it was like, dick. like, he was like, oh, I definitely like I'm being a dick and weirdly jealous and like over, like over owning of you, essentially. And all these sorts of things. And I'm not cool with you hanging out with uh, with Goku and everything like that. And then when the big conflict comes around, she's like, I guess I just can't see you as anything but my brother. My bad. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. He's like, it's okay. You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> no. And, you could, and you, know, you could have kept on going a little bit with that. You know, he could have been like, listen, you know, I don't see us as having a brother-sister relationship. So, yeah. If you didn't expect me to get jealous when you were hanging out with someone else, I mean, that's kind of why is that I don't see you as like a sister. I have different feelings towards you mm -hmm. than that. Even just an acknowledgement of that, as opposed to, I guess we'll drop the whole je Hachimaru's jealous thing to make this all on Anne. Like, what the fuck? Like, it, it could have been, you could even, look, it's still kind of unfortunate to do it, but I was like, I could even understand if you wanted to say on felt like she needed to apologize here i don't think she's really done anything really wrong at all to justify it but it's so weird that at no point here does hachimaru have to say oh i'm sorry for being a jealous dickhead like i'm sorry for being really obnoxious and and kind of shitty and just full of like the worst traits that my character has again like that nah. yeah don't get it twisted like he apologized in the last chapter that was not a real apology that was apologizing because he felt he had to. Yeah. He didn't know what he was actually this doing was, wrong. I'm sorry you felt that way. Yeah. Uh, it was one of those things where it's like he apologized, but he didn't actually know what he had done wrong. So he wanted to know what he had done wrong. And it turns out Anne was actually the one doing something wrong. It's like, what the fuck? But then things get a little silly, Chris. What? <laughs> because we get the peanut gallery who's watching all of this happen. So Dharma's like, ah, so she looked at Hachimaru but saw her brother. And Hachimaru's like, well, now that I've heard how you feel and learned something that's really important to you, that's great. And Sanja's like, by having your true self out in the open, you feel more like partners, huh? I admit, I feel kind of jealous of them. How are you? And Rhea's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I have been listening. And then Send the Silent comes in and is like, well, we won't know things are okay between them for sure until they have underage sex to make sure things are That's the only way you can tell them. It's like, now that the two of you have properly explained yourselves, I've set up a small private hotel room for the two of you to share this evening. 
And was like, Sen, what are you talking about? I'm Sen the Silent. <laughs> Can't say anything more. I've said all I needed to. I hope you'll follow the trail of unopened condoms <laughs> to your chamber. <laughs> no, Sen, that'll make them less effective. <laughs> oh, I thought you said open condoms. <laughs> it's like a bunch of robbers. <laughs> Just a bunch of used condoms. He's like, that'll show. I've made, I've tested them all to make sure that they'll work first. <laughs> Say no, you're going to give it. You've already got two strikes against you. <laughs> Just him being loaded up onto the space, the space All right, wagon. Sen. All right, Sen. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have the right to remain the side. Well, you don't have to worry about that with me. I'm setting the side. I never say anything that gets me in trouble. This is where. Anyway, I ever tell you about the time that I started a cockfighting ring? That's where the nickname came from. It's just what the police said when they were trying to give him the Miranda rights. Like, you have the right to remain. He just keeps fucking talking. Like, old fucking send the silent over there. Keeps incriminating himself. <laughs> so, Hashimaru vows to do his best says I would die to protect you Han. and it's like please don't forget one of those happen uh, and she's like oh because I'm your princess of fate and Hachimaru's like no because you're you Anne. which is nice uh -huh. so, like, that's the only part of this that's like okay that's the way that it feels like it should be but still really letting Hachimaru off the hook with this fucking thing and Dharma's was like, ah, yes, the most important things are not found where one can see them. It's on how you see and in how you show others. I'm blind. That's what I'm saying, <laughs> <Yeah>. basically. <laughs> and there's this like romantic shot through the window of the ship with them in silhouette as they're as they're, you know, kind of getting close to each other. It's like, oh, it's a romantic thing. Yes. See, everything's fine now. Anyway, Goku's, Goku comes by and he's like, my work here is done. I'm like, wait, were you trying to force this to happen? Like, I don't understand. Was this intentional on your part? And he's he's like, like, yes, I was willingly cucking Hachimaru until Anna apologized to Man, that's the least of the problems with this I, whole thing. I just love that idea. He was like, oh, yes, I was intentionally doing it. All so that An would learn her lesson and apologize to Hachimaru. Uh, anyway, Atsu's ship is approaching. So, Dharma and... Yeah, you really uh, do forget there's a what? second part to this chapter. Dharma and Hanaichi go out to fight him. And they start to clash and there are anime lines that are exchanged about loyalty and traitors. Pardon. And uh, Atta's like, Master, you each have one style to your name, but I am the only man to ever be initiated into two schools of fighting. Kago Yasha Ususama combined style, world of death. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Why not? Whatever. Space Samurai Gundam Showdown fights happening. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's talk about. We never learned. We never learned. Question 148. The ephemeral mermaid sprinkled into the promised pizza bet. Part seven. So that the graduation ceremony and uh, Uega's friends like, oh, hey, Uega's not here. Wonder what he was doing. Like, I wonder if he found the answer he was looking for. 
We cut over to him, and he's running. He's trying to get to the train station so he can get a ride to the airport. But all the trains are canceled because of the rain. So he's like, holy shit, what am I going to do? Uh, he thinks, oh, I'll get a taxi. And he thinks back to his mom how she gave him some of the money back, saying, hey, you saved this money. I want you to use it on what matters most to you. So uh-huh. he's about to go and get a taxi. When who should be there? But Kirisu. Um, who followed him. Yeah. So she's like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be at graduation. And he's like, uh, uh, there's something I really have to do. And she's like, is that thing more important than your one and only high school graduation? And he's like, that's not. Guys, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Graduation ceremonies are only as important as you make them. Yeah, they suck dick. I was fucking yeah. bored as shit during mine. <laughs> um, So he says, yes. Hard cut to Kirisu driving him. And of course, Kirisu drives like a fucking maniac. It's a very high roofed car that they're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a Honda. So they make the best vehicles, I, I presume. It's a Honda. Yeah. Like, it's, the logo is very slightly different, but it's a Honda. Like, <laughs> She says, hey, you just keep following me. I'm going to get you the air, uh, at the airport on time. And he's like, yeah, well, what are you doing? She's like, don't turn the wheel like that when you're <laughs> hydroplaning. <laughs> You have to turn into the turn at that point, not out. You're just going to make yourself squid. Uh, She says, I'm aware I'm doing something dumb and I could be punished for this, but I know a teacher who would have gladly sacrificed his pay. And she's thinking to obviously Uega's father. She says, you know, when I was struggling to face my past, you did everything in your power to help me. And whenever someone is struggling with their ability to do something, you empathize with their struggles and take action to support them. So now it's your turn. Don't worry about anything else. It's time for you to think about your own happiness. Uh, but then there's traffic. Like this big moment kind of gets stopped because there's a lot of traffic. So Yurega's like, well, thank you for so much for getting me here. I have to, like, I can't wait for traffic. I'm going to start running the rest of the way. And she's like, wait a minute. If you do that, like it's pouring rain. He's like, you know, I just don't want to keep her waiting any longer. All these years, she's waited and waited. Kirsty's like, okay, take care. So Uega's running all the way out there, and then that old silly situation where your umbrella flies backwards and it happens, so he has to throw it away, and he's just running in the rain. He's like, ah, if only I had known it would come to this, I would have worked out and gotten into shape. You're like, that's fucking bullshit. I guarantee if his shirt flew off right now, he'd have chiseled abs like he's had in the past. <laughs> Uh, but he's trying to. He falls. He's very tired. He's like, ah, please, if I if I never run again, let me run with everything I've got now. Just got to be faster. And he falls into uh, Asumi's chest. Uh, and we get a cut over to Asumi when she was at the maid cafe. And Kirisu calls her saying, hey, I don't want to ask too much, but if you have some kind of feelings for him, and immediately Asumi's saying, tell me where he is! I need to go right now! I already more, owe him more favors than I can ever repay! So... Hard cuts over. She's now driving him. And he's like, oh. Yeah, on her motor scooter. So yeah, on the motor that's scooter. That's why. Yeah. And she's, he's like, well, Sakirisu contacted you. She's like, yep. Thank goodness I had absolutely nothing to do today. And she's clearly in her work uniform. Yeah. It's very, yeah. very sweet. And she says, hey, you know what? Don't worry about it. I'm just following my heart. And he's like, what? He's like, that don't worry about it. Just hang on. And uh, he, you know, he, he grabs on tight around her, her waist. And she's like, that's more like it. Just like that. Yeah, he started to kind of just grab the scruff of her uh, raincoat. He's like, no, 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 more tightly, more yeah. tightly. Yeah, yeah. 
That's better. So yeah. we cut into the airport. Aruka is waiting there with her mom, and she's like, ah, you know what? I'm uh, going to go wash my face first. Would you mind uh, going on ahead to the actual gate? Uh, so she's like, okay. And Aruka is waiting by herself then, and she says, you know, maybe I shouldn't have tried to be so cool and just told him honestly I'd really like a response. But you know what? I can think back to at least Ogata and Firmino. They're going to take good care of it. I know it can count on both of you to make him happy. And in all these different moments of Uega flashback into her mind, and she starts crying, saying, I just wish I could see you one last time, as she says his name over and over. And then the chapter ends with Uega saying, Hey! You called, and he looks like an absolute mess, but he made it there in time. This is a very sweet chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that. Um, so we it's kind of been a thing where, like, We Never Learn has done this thing where it's like, you know, they've sit at this harem and they haven't had all the moments where the girls confessed to him. Because nobody besides Ruka has confessed to you, Iga. But we do have that little moment with each of them kind of coming resolving their feelings for him. Mm-hmm. I think that it's done much better in this chapter than the previous one, because we have those specific moments dedicated to, and then Kirisu helps him and then, uh, Asumi helps him. And I really like the conversation that they have with Kirisu. And I like just, you know, the kind of subtle letting go while also acknowledging her feelings that Asumi does. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a little bit like, uh, with Sugumi in Nisekoi. Uh, where she uh, you know, finally let herself admit that she uh, uh, was in love. But but then she was like, I hope that, you know, one day I can find someone else. And then she didn't bother to tell him because she didn't want to mess anything up. And it's like that with Asumi here where she mm-hmm. where she's like, oh, you know, senpai, you know me. I don't really, I, it's just the way that I am. Mm. Yeah, you feel bad. For All right. Her. Good luck, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I also just uh, love that moment, too, of Aruka trying to, th- you know, act cool again, being like, ah, maybe I should have just told him, oh, well, he's in good hands. And then she can't stop thinking about him and just starts <laughs> crying. <laughs> like, oh, fuck! And hey, we're, we're, they have finally met, it, met up, and so we'll see uh, what happens in the next chapter. Next chapter has got to be real good, I hope. I just wanted you to know, thanks. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I don't like you. <laughs> Goodbye! Good luck in Australia! <laughs> All right, Dr. Stone. Time to get stoned. Z equals 140 New World pilots. They need to go to the moon in order to take down Y-Man. Uh, there's just kind of like some follow-up from everyone realizing that in this chapter. Uh, as they're like, all right, that's what we've got to do. Uh, and there's a lot of kind of just we've got some loose threads to wrap up from the previous arc as well going on. Everyone gets depetrified. Except for the assholes, you know. Um, so obviously, you know, like Moe's and Yoga and Ibarra aren't getting depetrified, but seemingly every other statue on the island is freed uh, after this point. Um, Soyuz uh, realizes after, you know, Senka's like, yeah, you know, after Senka says, as long as we got their fragments, all those people can be revived. So let's wake them up and get ready to sail. And Soyuz realizes there's all these people here um and he remembers you know like of course that he they couldn't revive his father and how he had to apologize and say you know i'm, I'm sorry you know I've, I've got to leave um but as they're reviving people even including members of the of the petrification kingdom who fought against them uh they stop so use and they all bow to him 
and they say it's so good to see you so well after these 20 long years and uh suika says you know it's sad that you know his father's body's right there but so you just can't talk to him oh night falls after that uh, or I guess it's early morning, whatever. Senku and Kohaku uh, go out to, and they have to meet up and they kind of just talk about what they're thinking about uh, as they go back to the site of the um, the pod that they found the minerals and everything in. And uh, so it's like, hey, oh, you know, a few thousand years ago, Baka and his friends, they started this this everything over on this spot and now everything's right away except a few scraps of stone. But Kohaku says, well, no, we're all doomed to die and turn to dust, but our hopes and dreams get passed down and polished, connecting us to the future. That's what humanity calls science, right? You taught me that, Senku. And Senku's like, you're right. And now we're going to fly farther than they ever did, all the way to the moon. And Kohaku says, you say there's nothing left of Byaki and his friends, but they left us the world to inherit. This place really is Treasure Island. Aww. Sweet and poetical, mm. as they all poetical. As they kind of, yeah, word? poetical. It's no, it's poetic. It's <laughs> <laughs> like it's poetical a word. It's such a fun no, word. It's not. I, I it might as well start saying that. But yeah, uh, and there's a cool shot of the two of them of their silhouettes as the sun rises in the distance. Cool. Yeah, so, uh, Soyuz has announced to everyone that he will be staying on Treasure Island, uh, and he's like, "Yeah, I've got the revival fluid memorized because <laughs> his memory is perfect." <laughs> Uh, and he says, it will take some time, I'm sure, but I plan to, see, to free every Islander from stone as the leader of this island. Uh, and Amaryllis uh, says that she is staying as well. So, all right. Um, and she says, so you guys should all hurry up and set sail. Kirisame is going with them. So he says, you, you should travel with, uh, with Senku's group. You know, they're, they need more people. They'll need fierce warriors to help them. And Kirisame says, I will prove my worth. And Ginra's like, and you should do the same thing, Matsukaze, since I'm basically your master now. And he's like, I shall prove my worth. I li- was like, fuck you, Ginra. <laughs> I know this dude just was introduced. I sincerely forgot he existed in between the two chapters. He's honestly kind of forgettable so far because he's just a samurai guy. You know, he doesn't he, his gimmick has not been fully realized yet, I think, is the thing. Well, he just kind of came out of nowhere. It was just like at the yeah. end of the arc, it was like, we found this samurai. We didn't have the chapter dedicated to showing what he's all about yet. Oh. Uh, like we did with, you know, like when Francois got woken up, the whole chapter is about like, oh, this is so important that we have this person and that we established their their connection to Yusui and the, their weird personality quirks and all that stuff. With his eyes, uh, he's loyal to Ginro because yeah. uh, he Ginro reminds him of his master. It's like, OK, well, can he do anything? He's a fighter, I guess. Uh, eh? yeah. yeah. So I'm sure that he'll have his moment oh, yeah. because he's a character in Dr. Stone. But yeah. Uh, I do like the little joke that they have where Ginro is so shamelessly like, you should follow me and, and obey me and stuff. And I was like, we hate Ginro. You, God, you're such a sleazeball. And then Ryusui is like, I desire Matsukaze come as well because his skills will be useful. <laughs> and they're like, you know, Ryusui just flat out saying what he's about is way more charming <laughs> than Ginro. <laughs> um so everyone sets sail. They bid farewell to Soyuz and Amaryllis, who definitely aren't going to be married the next time they see them. 
I swear to God, that's that's what's coming with this. Uh, and uh, they say, even if we end up crazy far apart, those waves of science will keep us connected. That's how the kingdom of science rolls. But there's still more of the chapter to go. Um, and they're like, we got to go to space. We got to, you know, go to the moon. Uh, and Seku says something interesting because they're like, there's only so many people that we can actually, you know, send to the moon. We can't just send the entire kingdom of science up there. Uh, occupancy is going to be limited on the ship that we send up. So obviously we'll need a, we'll need a pilot. And Reese is like, that's me. And, uh, <laughs> And Senka says, there's no point in making the trip without a scientist. That'll be whoever the best scientist is the day we finish the rocket. And everyone in the audience is like, that's going to be you, Senku. Which immediately made me think, well, he said, when we finish the rocket. So it definitely feels as though that's kind of a setup of like, you know, Senku's going to say at the point, hey, you know, you're the best scientist uh, to send. So I hope that that's where we're going with it, because it would be a real... You know, boon for and show you know his development as a character. So. Oh yeah, I think it'd be extremely cool. So uh, and then uh, Ukiya brings up, well, hey, you know, we, we we've also got to have people who can leap into action going as well. So combat on the moon is a terrifying prospect. We have no clue what Y Man actually is, and so Magma says, well, you need the mightiest man here. Uh, and there are, you know, a few people behind him like, oh, we'll decide it that way. And Senku's like, a fun-filled, strongest under the heavens tourney? Nah, no need. We already know the mightiest guy around. And Taiju's like, yeah, that's right. And Senku says, on Treasure Island, the kingdom of science got its hands on none other than Dr. Stone. And we're going to wake him up from his cold sleep. The strongest primate high schooler, Tsukasa Shishio. I was pretty right. fucking jazzed by that. I was like, fuck yeah, let's get uh, Sukasa back. I was pretty, I thought that was really cool. The arc to make sure that they could get the redeemed Sukasa on uh, back in their fold. And we have had that. And so now he is going to be their primary fighter again. Mm -hmm. So as the danger is ramping up seemingly too. So it's, it's the appropriate uh, escalation in timing for this. So I think it was a really good call to have Sukasa be out of the action to give that sense of danger where, you know, ever they didn't have a fighter nearly as skilled as the people that they had to deal with, especially once Kohaku uh, was petrified. So that was, so then they had to rely on Hyoga as a distraction and all that stuff. So we ended up, you know, adding some interesting folds to it, but now that that is filled. Yeah. Let's get Sukasa back into it, the case. It is so. interesting. I think this is uh, kind of a little bit playing to that though, where it's like, Okay, well, they have uh, Kohaku, and now they have uh, Kirasame, who's, like, kind of as strong as Kohaku. And then Basically. Uh, we have the new samurai guy who is presumably around the same level as Kohaku and Kirasame. And there's Magma, who isn't as good of a fighter, but is just as physically strong as maybe anyone. And then there's Taiju, who won't fight. But when it comes to physical endurance, no one's better. And now we have Sukasa, the strongest absolute expert, expert, A-tier strider fighter. Like, it's a lot of people who are, like, in contention for, like, the fighter in the group. I get what your point is. Like, there's not been a whole lot of distinction in between, like, just physical ability mm -hmm. uh, be as opposed to a specific skill that is helpful in the development of the kingdom of science. And also, you didn't even mention uh, Kin Kinro in there, yeah. who is 
a, a, a fighter, you know. It was Ginro too, but you know he was never really bigged up as a fighter. He was just you know a guy with weird uh, utilization. But yeah, there's a lot of characters that are just like they're a phys- they're just a fighter, and there's not a whole lot of distinction between them beyond like you know Taiju's got endurance, Magma's got strength, Kohaku's got agility. So, mm-hmm. but um, I still really enjoy- enjoyed uh, what's going on here. I think as the cast is expanding. It does feel as though, like, are you still really going to be able to do everything with all these different characters? But, I mean, as long as a, char- as a character has been along for a journey, they've had something to do. So, been a good so far. Mm-hmm. So, we went to Chainsaw Man. This was the chapter too hot for TV. A chapter so steamy, you literally cannot read it on the app. You have to go online to read this chapter. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. If you try to read this chapter on the app, you cannot access it. It's just not there. And they give you a message that's like, go online and sign in to read this chapter. I would presume because of the cover spread, that seems like you it would be, have to think so. It has. It, there's nothing else in this chapter that's beyond what we've seen in other series, so... So what happens is the chapter is kind of basically saying everyone uh, is uh, all the assassins are moving towards their target. And that's what this is about is we catching up with all four of them as they're moving forward. Well, all four groups, basically. Then we have our two page color spread and it's our assassin girl with her demon lovers um, doing it. Like, all of them are naked. Their parts are covered up by positioning. Uh, but two of them are just flat out scissoring while the others grope them. Uh-huh. So, not sure how the hell <laughs> you managed to get away with this at all. Uh, even, so, good job, Fujimoto, I guess, that you managed to, like, convince someone to let you do this. You must be very good. And it feels I like... I mean, you asked for a two-page color spread. That's a lot of work. I don't have time to make another one. <laughs> yeah, I just got this one. I guess you got to put that one up. It is going to be annoying. I wonder if they'll censor this thing eventually down the line. Because it will be weird. Like, this chapter legitimately does not show up on the app now. So if you decide to, like, read through this later... Are you just going to be missing chapter 59 and be like, what the, f- where the fuck is it? And they're like, and oh, there was one chapter where a cover page made it fucking too hot for TV and we had to take it off. Makima is strolling through a number of bodies that have puppeted faces like the ones we saw Santa Claus using. And she says, looks like he's arrived in Japan. I'll clean up the dolls a little longer. Beam, go help Denji. And then she calls for Prinz. It's a spider de- demon woman. I don't think we've seen her before. She might have shown up in the big montage of all the I demons. I thought she... Doesn't she, she seem might... vaguely familiar to like when the fights were going on in the When the the we had building? Beam show up and the, and the slaughter demon or the violence demon show up and the angel demon show up. She might have been the fourth one, I thought, but I don't remember. I don't think she was one of those. I thought didn't one of like the, the one girl use her or something like that? Or didn't she show up around then? The one who crashed the car recently? I don't remember. Maybe she was part of that group. I don't know. I just I vaguely recall that character from around that time. All so right. I'm like. She's somewhere in there. She says uh, to her that, you know, Germany keeps all kinds of devils with them. 
so there's no telling what Santa's going to throw at us. So whatever happens, extract Denji. There's probably going to be a lot of people dying this time. Retrieve as many of our people's bodies as you can. So uh, we see Santa Claus kind of just like sitting in a coffee shop. Uh, a whole bunch of uh, puppets are already closing in on Denji, who is none the wiser. As his uh, little entourage escorts him in, into a room, so a bunch of the puppets summon blades from their arms, and ah, the glasses uh, bodyguard guy freezes them, uh, or turns them to stone rather, uh, after he casts a summoning circle. He's like, "Okay, guys, you know, stay back unless you want to end up like them, because the stone devil is fickle." And there are people analyzing what's happening. He's like, "Oh yes, it's the doll devil. If they touch you, even just your clothes, you'll turn into one of them." And uh, I do like that they say, like, the angel devil is like, how do you know they were coming? And they're like, they're all moving like dolls. So they don't have any idiosyncrasies to their gait the way the humans do. They were all walking lockstep, basically. <laughs> so they're petrifying them. Uh, a whole bunch of devils come storming in. They have to make their way up to the second floor. Uh, Denji's like, well, just turn them into stone, too. There's too many, and I can only do it on, from on top of the summoning circle. Uh, power gets grabbed, and uh, Denji kicks a, some of them off of her, and they knock a few away. Glass's bodyguard's like, huh? And like, we're not turning into dolls, you fucking liar. And he's like, oh, only humans get turned into dolls. Devils are fine. <laughs> so... Uh, then some one of them summons like the fox devil, noms a few of them up. They admit that they were using Denji as, and power as bait so that they could lure the assassins out and finish them off. We see the one uh, instructor and her student talking as she says, hey, you know, we're going to end it today. He picks he has the nail in his hand to try and finish the assassination on Denji. We see the last brother left talking to himself in a toilet stall. We see Santa Claus talking to himself uh, and we see <laughs> there's a little bit too much sex going on, apparently. <laughs> so all the, all the girl devils are a little bit tired. Then they're like, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, it is. And also Kurome is reacting to the dent in her car. <laughs> it is amusing that like Santa Claus shows up immediately. Everyone's like in action and it like cuts over to Quanji and it's just like, Oh, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> Got tired. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so. I mean, shit's fucking moving, so it's a pretty yeah. cool chapter. I'd say more, but we're we're running pretty short on time at this point. I don't have a whole lot to say about it. Yeah. The promised Neverland. <laughs> I'm just gonna go to the bathroom during this one. Oh, there's something. Ri- oh, okay. Chapter 168, Dad. So. <laughs> Hacking is happening. Counter hacking is happening. They go into the room where they think Peter Rotri is, but no one is there. And they hear someone coming through their uh, communicators. It's Peter Rotri saying, hey, Norman, it's been a while. You've done pretty well. You did all this stuff, but I'm not there. The footage you saw of me there was fake. Looks like we outwitted you. So. They're coming through the communicator that they're using to get to keep in touch with Norm with uh, with Vincent rather, and Norm demands where where Vincent is. And Peter Rush is like, "They're alive! They're here with me!" 
that's the situation. The five of them here are tied up and we've got guns to their heads. So you lose. The game of tag is over and we're restoring the system. And all the locks are being unlocked. The ones you put to sleep instead of killing are going to wake up soon. And at the Imperial Capital, we captured Sanjo and Mujika three days ago and their execution will begin soon. All the citizens that you were saved with the evil blood have already been killed. And the four great farms and retainers of the five region houses have joined to create a council to take over the government. And I'm reviving Lambda. And all these top class farms are going to be demolished. And I'm going to centralize them in the new Lambda style. And rebels like you are never going to be born. I won't let children have hopes and dreams, their own wills for the future. It's going to be a peaceful paradise. And I have you thank you for that. Because the world will change to the future that I want. And, uh. So they've restored the system, but there's a triple password in place that Vincent has put in place. So Peter's like, give me the password. And Vincent's like, no. Hey, Norma, can you hear me? You, you've still got a chance to win. It's not over. So before the enemies do, 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 do complete the mission, don't worry about us. And Norma's like, no, we have to all survive. And Vincent's like, flashbacks to establish how important Norman was to me. I want you to keep going. And he gets shot in the shoulder, but he's dead? I don't know. He gets, he's been shot and he's supposed to be dead, I guess. And Peter Rotary's like, I'm sick of this. Why don't any of you understand? Why do you all disobey me? I am your creator. I'm your dad. Dominic, I'm your papi. So he does make the point of if there weren't any farms, then none of you would have been born. So you owe your existence to me. Stop rebelling. Kill them. Kill them all. But then um, for the guy who was at the computer is dead all of a sudden. He slumped over. And ah, it's freaking Oliver. He managed to silently shoot the dude, I guess. Uh, and he, he holds Peter Rotary at gunpoint. And uh, Jillian and some some of the others are there to help. And And he says, you're not our father. You didn't win the ladder match to gain custody of us. And yeah. All right. Black Clover. <laughs> Black Clover, page 240. The Great War breaks out. So we start in the Heart Kingdom with uh, Laurel Pachika, who's there with uh, Charmy and dude who I've forgotten. And all of a sudden, Undine's like water TVs turn on. And like, what the fuck's happening? Like, we're being attacked. And they're like, holy shit. Everyone, they all have the devil's power. And they're all stage zero. And in there is one of the dark triad. Vanica, possessed by the devil, Mejakula. And Noelle's like, Mejakula. Because that's the devil that her family Ooh, yeah. Mejakula. Uh, then we cut over to near the Spade Kingdom border, where the Black Bull headquarters is now located. And asked is like, blah, 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 bunch of stuff. Anyway, the king guy shows up <laughs> uh, and he's going to fuck things up. Uh, he would blow everything Not up. Ridiculously big. <laughs> yeah, he would uh, just destroy everything. But because of Rogue, uh, some of his uh, stuff is being deflected. But uh, Henry and Gauss try a big combo attack and he uses his gravity magic that just uh, sends everything to the ground. Uh, again, the Spade Kingdom, uh, they don't have that special uh, uh, arcane stage magic. Yeah, they, they just have regular elements. Yeah, you know? like our gravity and shit. <laughs> um, 
Anyway, they're like, holy shit, he's so strong. If we're going for Rogue, uh, or Rouge, I guess, actually. Yes. Huh. Rouge. That's right. That makes more sense. Uh, If it weren't for Rouge, you'd been snapped in half. And then the dude's like, ah, you have an arcade stage besides Yami. I like it. And then Asta flies out in his sword. He's like, you're going to fight me. That's a chapter. Um, I don't remember even reading this chapter, honestly. And now I know why. So I would be interested to see, uh, based off of how the last arc went, if With, the, you know, getting his shit pushed yeah, in. Yeah, like or... I'd be curious to see if Tabata's willing to go that route to show something. I don't imagine half of the Black Bulls are about to get killed here or anything like that. Right. But like, this is the big bad of this arc. Like, we can't just have Asta like make him bleed already. Like, he, this has to be a complete stomping, right? Because, you know, did not even manage to touch Spade Guy. Yeah. So I guess we'll find out soon. All right, Chris. One Piece. Chapter 972. I am Odin and I was born to boil. It'd be two page color spread that has to do with some sort of commercial that had One Piece cosplay. I don't know. Is it the Cup I don't really Noodles know. one? I think so. Okay. I think that that's what this is about. Anyway, that's why there's a guy who's dressed like Luffy standing next to Luffy in this two-page color spread, if you're curious. All right. So Shinobu has told everyone the truth about what Odin has been doing this entire time. Fukurokuju. I don't even know if this guy's been a thing up until this point. Grabs her and is like, ugh gonna kill you now because uh you speaking out of it like this but you know it's like i'm prepared for that you know if anything should happen to them i will die along with kozuki but it's not gonna come to that we're gonna survive and we'll strike you down it's like no you won't yeah i was gonna uh, say i think this is the guy who had the shield fruit ah that would make sense okay so um everyone begs oroshi to stop the execution they get shot with arrows because oroshi don't fucking care uh and so immediately everyone realizes what's actually going on in the country that, you know, the hero is being boiled alive, that the person ruling over them is a madman who want, who hates them all. And then they realize that they were surrounded by Kaido and Orochi's men bristling with weapons. And the reason for Odin's fire stretch of odd behavior spread throughout the crowd like wildfire. It spurred the people into motion. They shot the urgent news to the various castles of the land, and the letter arrows of Wano crossed great distances to send messages. The boiling oil in the pot passed 700 degrees, which is insane, and continued to rise. Uh, so everyone, you know, basically is like, Ganbare Odin! You know, cheering him on, you know, please survive this. And Odin says that if he does manage to survive, he wants to open up the country. Uh, and so, you know, uh, the people ask him about this and he says long ago the ones responsible for closing the nation to the rest of the world were the Kozuki clan it was to protect Wano from a great external power the entire world awaits a figure and when that figure appears after an 800 year span the country must be prepared to welcome and work with them I will be clear with you they are going to kill me today I want you to open up Wano in my stead uh <laughs> One of them's like, then we should join Lord Odin. And Rizo covers his mouth and he's like, your dream is, is our dream. Basically, like, we can't 
tell them exactly what we're going to do, but we understand what you want us to do. So 30 minutes have passed. Uh, Orochi's like, how is he still alive? Raise the heat even more. Time keeps on ticking down. They get down to five minutes. They get down to one minute, 10 seconds, down to one second. Time expires and everyone's like, oh, my God, he survived the execution. He withstood it. He did it. He's won. The country's on his side again. He's clearly misunderstanding. That's it. You're done, Kaido. And then a firing squad all aims their weapons uh, at, at, at Odin and everyone. And Orochi's like, I changed my mind. Altered the sentence to be death by firing squad one minute ago. So, oh, well, you didn't make it. And, you know, people are like, but that wasn't the deal. I am altering the deal. Uh, and Owen just says, because, of course, he knows he knew that he was going to die anyway. He just says, do it for me. Open Wano's borders. And he throws the plank with all of his men on and they go flying through the air and they take action, trying to run to safety. Uh, Kinemon shouts for everyone to rush to Curry. Shinobu manages to free people from their from their. Uh, chains and as they all run Kimon shouts out don't turn back but each of them remembers the day that they met Odin and we get a moment dedicated for every single one of them something that he did for them over the years to help them out feeding them freeing them giving them a place to stay uh, all these different things and everyone is crying as they remember this as they are saying goodbye to their friend and their master and finally kaido approaches the boiling pot where odin is standing alone in the center the the oil is so hot that his entire body is on fire and kaido says they will speak of you for years to come saying that you died a spectacular death and odin just says they can forget me my soul will, will live on and kaido says hey i'm sorry about what happened with the old hag I had her killed, which is just like, yeah, like, all right, fuck her. All right. (laughs) That's one way of establishing why the cloakwood fruits, you know, not under their control. But yeah, I was just like, you interrupted my awesome battle. Fuck you. Uh, Owen says, build your strength while you can, for I am a story to accompany your drinks. He strikes a pose and he says, I am Odin and I was born. And Kaido shoots him in the head and he falls into the oil. And everyone witnesses this, takes a deep breath and finishes Odin's line for him to boil. And we get, you know, dramatic shamisen playing as the act ends. Basically, there's a shot of the surface of the boiling oil uh, with Odin's grin being the only thing visible beneath the surface. Everyone is crying. And narration says, so ended one legend to be carried on by the players of the next stage. And we get a note that has been delivered to Toki from Odin saying, I have reached my limit. If I fail to defeat him, there will be no others who can stop Kaido for a long time. Over 20 years ahead of us, there will likely be a massive war terrible enough to split the seas themselves, which is definitely our like thing that is going to happen at the dramatic moment now. In other words, in another 20 years, the primary figures of this great war will muscle their way into the new world, and they are the ones who can strike down Kaido. A long winter will settle over Wano. I want you to use your power, Toki. If I should die, 
And uh, there is a really cool like visual that happens here as Toki tears up the note and like the panel that she's doing it in also is torn up. Mm-hmm. So cool then. Um, and so Toki uh, is like, all right, I'd be a laughing sock if anyone saw me crying. We are not your weakness. Look ahead, Odin, to 20 years in the future. And the narration says the story hurdles t- hurdles toward the present day. So perhaps the flashback's done. I mean, that could just be like not necessarily like literally we're going back to the present now, but we, we're pretty close to the end. now. We definitely so. could. I would be curious to see why like certain people were the ones who got like thrown into the pat into the future or whatever, everything's like that. So I think there's levels and we also still don't really know where Denji kind of fits into everything yet. Cause we haven't seen him in the present unless he ends up being someone we've seen and we just don't realize it yet. Definitely. Our theory is that he is the, um, the guy with the big pompadour. Bear. Yeah. Yeah. That's very possible as well. Um, yeah, so there's 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 the potential it could continue, but fuck, it was such a goddamn good chapter, man. There was I was just a second away from at the end where it's just like uh, he sinks into the fucking oil, and there'd be like, and so ended one legend of like turning the page, and it's like the legend of O D N something like that. Like they were like, and he's a member of the D family. He's like fuck y'all, but goddamn, it was so good, like. Odin. <laughs> yeah. Like you thought my name was Odin? No, it's Odin. Or some it's shit. Odin. Like that. like that like what they called Rashid in the dub of Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I use a trap monster deck. God, what a that seems very out of character for you. <laughs> um but I really like so if I go back and rank all the arcs of One Piece, one of the ones that kind of ranked lower of like the post East blue stuff has always kind of been Skypea. I was just never a huge fan of it, but this feels like exactly kind of like Skypea where I wasn't super into the arc. And then the flashback happened. And I was like, this flashback's taking too long. This is really long. God, I want to get back to the story. And then the flashback's like, Oh my God, no, it got me everywhere. And then the rest of the arc is fucking amazing because of it. And I really like, that's what I'm like. Once we get back to the present, I am so fucking ready to get into this shit and just see the go the straw hats fight against odin because we've got uh, against kaido you mean yeah Ka- yeah kaido because well because now we've got the whole context of what this conflict really means to the people uh and the kinds of characters that kaido and orochi really are mm-hmm. and what it's going to mean to have to take them down yeah so yeah and of course, things are really dire in the present of, in One Piece too, we, because it seems like the invasion is at a point where it has failed. So, yeah, yeah. Also, very small detail where we see that uh, Odin gave uh, took his swords, saying to give them to their children. So, hmm. all right, that's it. That's that's the all the manga for this week. So, uh, yeah, let's wrap it up. Yeah. So, uh, last Friday, favorite where, series. Last, last Friday, where these chapters were announced, I made a very bold tweet where I said, One Piece is my chapter of the week and Odin's my MVP of the week. And that hasn't changed. I don't, I don't know why anyone will pick anything different. It's the greatest goddamn chapter. It's so good. It's so good. I am going to make sure. Let me see. The ones, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Okay. So 
the audience picked Odin as a character of the week. They they were mistaken. I think people were trying to type One Piece, and they accidentally typed I, uh, Act Age. But I'll, I'm going to correct that for you. So the audience's uh, chapter of the week was also One Piece. Uh, it mistakenly says Act Age, but it was One Piece this week as well. Everyone's agreeing uh, One Piece Odin all the way through. All right. That is going to do it, everyone, for Weekly Manga Recap. Thank you for joining us. We record the show live on twitch.tv slash Wednesdays around 7.30 to 8 Eastern time. Uh, if you want to check out our past episodes, you can do that at weeklymangarecap.podbean.com as well as on iTunes uh, and other places to listen to podcasts. Uh, uh, join our Discord because there are all sorts of conversations you can take part in there. You can talk about the chapters as soon as they come out if you feel like it. Sometimes Chris and I pop in to do the same. Uh, that's also where you can find the spreadsheet that Ninja X3i maintains where they keep track of the series that we've covered, the MVP votes, and all that stuff. Uh, special thanks go out to our Patreon supporters. You allow us to create bonus content for you guys to enjoy. We uh, should be recording another one probably just this coming Friday, in fact. Uh, the, 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 um, I really should have brought, should just have the list in front of me every single week. This is embarrassing that I get caught up on stuff like this. Infamous Planet, thank you for making the frame for, for the stream. And uh, Steve Man, thank you for drawing boobs. Uh, and uh, Winsley Dutch Cheddar. And Milo Jack Stilitz for creating the opening sequence for Week Month Recap. So, damn straight. Uh, so thanks and goodbye, everybody. Bye.